Greetings. In the previous podcast, I talked about the Great Reset. And I covered that in pretty good detail, starting from how it comes from the plan of Albert Pike for Three World Wars, how Henry Kissinger has alluded to it in his interviews in 2011 and 2018 that I walked through, as well as now in this pandemic, they call it, Klaus Schwab has really been pushing the, through the World Economic Forum. And recently John Kerry, in his meeting in Davos with this Economic Forum, has talked about how the United States and the Biden administration are behind it and how it's going to be coming on with great speed and in much more intensity than most will even be able to imagine. But I want to look at who's behind this. And again, looking at the purpose of this podcast is to unfold the double-folded fork-tongue messaging from the serpent. The scribes and the Pharisees, the, the lawyers, the, those that received the woes from Jesus because of their created system. It's a system of language. We can understand better what is actually happening if we go back and look at the, the root of the word in Latin. But first I want to point out something in Matthew 24. Starting at verse 3. As he sat at, on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Then Jesus answers, but I want to set that, the stage there real quick with the question, what will be the sign of the coming and the end of the age? And let's look at the World Economic Forum. What does it mean? Now, oftentimes it's referred to, this reset is called the financial reset. What does finance come from? The etymology of finance comes from the word finis in Latin. It means end. Now let's look at the World Economic Forum. Now the world comes from the Latin word secula. I don't know if I'm pronouncing these properly, but S-A-E-C-U-L-A. And that word can mean either age or world. And then we go to economic, which comes from the Latin word O-E-C-O-N-O-M-I-A, which means like household management. And then forum, which comes from the word forum, which means place of assembly. It'd be like a council. So when you put this together, you have the council for the management, for the financial end, age. This is the council that's been established for the management of the end of the age. We could say end of the world. Now Matthew 24, Jesus tells us, he answers the question throughout and he covers all of it. And it doesn't necessarily look like it if you just read it through, but when you start to really pull it apart and look at what's happening today and you go back and look at the rest of the parables that he teaches as well as look at the books of Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, the books of what's called the Old Testament, you can see how he, re, he refers back to it and as we see things unfolding today, it all points back to it as well. And he told us, as he says, see, I've told you this beforehand. 
he has. So this group, this World Economic Forum, this Klaus Schwab guy, when John Kerry refers to that this Great Reset is going to come on with greater speed and be much more intense than most people would be even be able to imagine, he's not joking, but people don't really catch what he's saying because the plan for the World Economic Forum, this financial reset, this end of the age, is a purge. Henry Kissinger refers to it as the purge, and it's going to reduce the population of the world to a manageable number somewhere under the amount of 500 million. That's the same thing. It's just reiterated from what Pike's plan is for the three world wars, and it's also indirectly referring to the Georgia Guidestones, which says a manageable world population of less than 500 million. But we also have to look at the word purge. What is Kissinger referring to when he refers to a purge? A purge is like a cleansing. It's like the elimination of something that's bad. It's to, to dump something out. And I don't think they recognize that their role in this is to purge themselves. Their plan is that they think they are going to get rid of all the undesirables. And at the end of this purge, there will be this world population of a manageable number under 500 million with all these illuminated people in there. They want to bring forth the pure doctrine of Lucifer. Well, Jesus tells us beforehand, that's their plan. And he tells us as they're rolling this plan out that if those days weren't shortened, there'd be no man left alive. But because the, for the elect's sake, those days are shortened so that there will be some left. And he also tells us that there's going to be this deception. What They're referring to it as the revealing of the pure doctrine of Lucifer. That's how Albert Pike refers to it. But Henry Kissinger refers to it as those that make it through, if they survive, will be the illuminated ones. That's their version of it, but they're going to be surprised. Jesus tells us that this is going to happen, and that's why he tells us that after this time of tribulation, they're going to say, hey, there's the Christ in the wilderness, or there's Christ in the inner rooms, but don't go to it. Don't be deceived. And why is he telling us this? Because there's going to be the elect are going to be left. So who's going to be purged? It would be those that aren't followers of Jesus. But it sounds like there's going to be others because there's going to be those that are going to be trying to put forth this illumination, Luciferian agenda and religion. But there's also going to be those that are going to be resisting it. And all of this is going to happen up until the sign of the return of the Son of Man. And he says, don't fall for all these other signs and wonders that they're going to be rolling out because when his return happens, it's going to be like lightning from the east into the west. There won't be any mistaking the return of Jesus. So if they're saying he's returned and they're saying it's the Christ, that means anointed. Jesus is rescuer. That's what Jesus means. Anointed means, or Christ means anointed. They aren't interchangeable words. So just really keep 
And pay attention to when people use the word Christ versus the name of Jesus. Now, there's a lot of conversation about if it's Yeshua or Yehuda. I don't know. For one, Jesus didn't speak Hebrew, so I'm not concerned about his Hebrew name. He spoke Aramaic, so I would be concerned about his Aramaic name. Which is either Yahuwah or Yeshua, I think. I don't know. I know him as Jesus. And that's all I can really go with. But I don't, for some reason, Jesus Christ seems to be a different personality. There's something about the word Christ that just doesn't seem to fit right. And you can do your own study, you can do your own thing, but I think there's something in the interpretation, the way that this has been, the Bible has been sewn together to flip things. Because you'll hear people talk about, well, Jesus said, and then they'll refer, and they'll flip it to something about be Christ-like. Well, why wouldn't you be Jesus-like? If Jesus said, wouldn't it be then Jesus-like? Why would it be talking about something that Jesus said, but then flip it to Christ-like? There's something there that doesn't sit well with me, and I've talked about it before, and I'll let everybody make their own decision on that. But just something to think about. Because the group that is rolling this out, their name means, at least the way that I'm interpreting it, looking at it from, if you go back to the Latin and then put it back together, and it goes backwards. It would be the council for the management of the end of the age. They're using the words. They're telling us what's happening, but most of us are either distracted or have this double-folded manner of being. We, we don't know how to go back and pull apart their forked-tongue messaging. Remember, that's the, that's the serpent's weapon. That's Lucifer's weapon, is a forked tongue. They've created this system in which they know the, the origin of the words, and they still speak in Latin in most of their arenas, whether it's going to be religious, legal, medical, or scientific, they still speak Latin. But most of us don't know the Latin, so we don't necessarily know how they're coding words. We have this defined version of the language. We call it English. And again, just to re go back and look at this, there was the council. And I referred to this World Economic Forum as a council. Jesus refers to the councils, and he says it will be delivered up to these councils. I think that's an option. I think the count, we've already been put before the council because the council encoded the book. Before there is the, the Council of Nicaea, which is, in, which is given credit for creating the Bible. That would have been the scribes and the Pharisees that were commissioned by Constantine, the Latin-speaking Roman emperor. They created the Bible in somewhere around 350 A.D., or now called Common Era. Whenever there's a shift in the name, pay attention to what's happening, because there's a reason that it's being renamed or renowned. In Genesis, it talks about the, the offspring of the fallen angels and women were the men of old, the men of renown. They're just the renamed same things, same entities, same deities. If you look at different religions, they'll refer to them as the gods. 
And it's the same religion that all of these are following, and it's the same that goes all the way back to Mesopotamia, Babylon, Egypt, Greece, and Rome. They're all the same deities, just renamed, renowned. We can see that in Christianity, because before this council came together and created this book, there wasn't Christianity. There were the followers of Jesus. Some call them the people of the way, because Jesus is the way. But after this council came together and they sewed this book together, they decided, you probably heard the word canonized. They decided this council, these scribes and Pharisees, the Pharisees are the ones that come up with their different, their own rules, and the scribes are the ones that inscribe it. They write it down, they put the code in, and they use spelling. They put spells on the words by the way that they arrange the letters. It goes back to the alphabet. It's the first wager. It's the forked tongue. It's the, our test. We call it the Old and New Testament. It's one test. And it's testament. It's the test of the mind. Ment is Latin for mind. But most people fall into so much of this government or politics. Politics is the science of government. Government is the Latin. Govern is control, meant mind. Politics is just the science of mind control. It's how they have been able to steer the population, convince sheep that they're cattle, so they can't fit through the narrow gate that Jesus talks about. And it sets up people for slaughter. But when you recognize if you are a sheep, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a sheep, or sheep. you know who your shepherd is. You will follow him. He will bring you into the pastures. He will bring you into the meadow to drink and dance. As I mentioned, the Syrian shepherd who still spoke in Aramaic. That's what he was telling his sheep, and I just couldn't help get over the visual of that's what Jesus just wants for us. He wants us to go into the meadow to sing and dance. We just need to follow him. Not to follow the others that don't really have a good understanding. They're following all these doctrines of men, but they act like cows. And that's why these people, like in the group of the World Economic Forum, the Council of the Management for the End of the Age, refer to the rest of the unknowing as cattle. But they have no dominion or authority over the sheep. And notice the word dominion. That's been something that, if you listen and you hear all these different words that get thrown around in the news, there's the... Dominion was the software company that was over the election. You can hear these things pop up. Another one would be solar wind. Now Biden has been kind of stoking the fire and getting ready for this war after the, the first part, the purge that would be, the cleansing that would be started with a virus, a few waves. That's what Kissinger said. Then it will go into the war and it's going to be drawing in China and Russia because there's going to be a taking down of Iran. Now, advisor was just quoted as saying it won't simply be sanctions. He threatens to punish Russia with tools seen and unseen. What is he referring to? Because he's threatening some kind of action over these solar winds hack. Why are they picking solar winds? Because it's interesting. Solar winds, a few years before that, they were talking about these solar winds that were going to be coming in and be a dark winter or 10 days of darkness because of what would happen with these solar winds. Now, solar 
comes from the Latin word solarium. It's a living room on an upper story. It's been now shifted into more of operated by the means of the sun. But its original is a living room on the upper story, which would be an inner room and an upper room. Now I pointed out there's something different about the book of Acts because in the book of Acts it talks about this upper room, an inner room, where they had the indwelling and they all started speaking in tongues. And they said that there was the Shekinah, some are referring to it as the Shekinah glory that entered in in the book of Acts. And that's, that's where they also established this Acts church. But the thing is, Jesus says, if they say that I've been in an upper or an inner room, don't believe it. So why is this whole new church established in the inner room when the Gospels say nothing of it? It's interesting. And I refer to the solar wind. Now, wind is just air in motion. You could say it's like the spirit moving. Now, in Acts, they talk about this upper room, and I've heard a lot of pastors refer to it as the Shekinah glory. Well, Shekinah glory is, if you've followed Star Trek ever, you would see that, and there's also some inter interviews with Leonard Nimoy when he played the character of Spock. He used to do the split finger thing and say, live long and prosper. That's the blessing of the Shekinah. The Shekinah is the divine feminine from the Talmud and Kabbalah. It is not the Holy Spirit. It's a very different thing. If that's what they're saying was in this inner room, it wouldn't be the Holy Spirit. There's a different establishment of a church that seems to then have fed into what this council created. And a lot of it has to do with the teachings of Paul versus the teachings of Jesus. They are different things. I've talked about that before, but look closely at what Paul says versus what Jesus says. Because it seems to be a, a means to separate from the teachings of Jesus because most talk about what Paul said. They don't talk about what Jesus said. It's something to consider. So when you see all this, now the these groups are getting ready to rile up this third world war, this purge. What is that going to mean for you? A lot of people are looking for a rapture. Again, rapture started, that comes out of Thessalonians, which is again attributed to Paul. And then also refers to this, then you get into Revelations and it talks about the mark of the beast and those that are beheaded in, in Revelations 20, the mark of the beast is in Revelation 6. But why is it not spoke of anywhere else? I think what Revelations is dealing with and the other and also the, the teachings of Paul would be the the other side of the double-edged sword. Let me explain that. So the council created this Bible that kicked out some of the books that Jesus taught from. And they seem to have taken some of the effort or some of the impact of what Jesus taught and it shifted into more of the teachings of Paul. In eschatology, the end times, people typically revolve around revelations, but when Jesus taught us, he said, I've given you all things. Matthew 24, he tells us everything that's going to, to unfold. But people get spun up on this mark of the beast and this beheadings and all these cups and these vials and all these different things trying to figure out what those are. 
But why isn't that Jesus talked? Why did he not talk about it? Why does why is the other books that he taught from not mention these things? Because I think the scribes and the Pharisees they created this Bible. Let's look at what the word Bible. By is a prefix and a suffix. By meaning to. Ble is a variant of able or ible, and it has to do with like a. It's basically to be. So it's to be two. It's two meanings. It's two scripts. And they call it scripture. It is a script. But you have to know your lines. You have to know your role. Are you a sheep? Would you follow you the teachings of your shepherd? Those would be your lines. Because the world is a stage. World war is a theater. We live essentially in the Truman Show. But we need to know our lines and what character role we're supposed to be playing in this. And then you also have the other. You have the, the second version of this double script. You have the antagonist, which I think is more of what we can see with what Paul taught and what comes out of Revelations because it's coming from a different side. It doesn't match up. It speaks of things that aren't spoken of previous to these writings. For example, the mark of the beast, the 666 thing, it's not mentioned anywhere else, and it's referring to this mark on the hand or the forehead, which could be the mind or it could be the hand, in the hand, like your acts and your thoughts. A lot of people get spun up with this microchip. I, I don't know where they get that from. It seems to be a distraction. But when you look at the other examples of markings, it's the opposite. Revelation says that if you receive this mark, you will be condemned. But if you go back and you look at the Exodus story, when the marking was put on the doorposts of the houses, that meant that those people, they took and applied what they were told to do from God, and they marked their house with the blood of the Lamb. So that when the angel of death came through and took out the firstborn, those houses were passed by or passed over, thus we have the Passover. The marking was a saving, kind of like what Jesus does. He is the rescuer. He saves us. Another example we can see in Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 9, there's a man clothed in linen. And he has a writing case on his, on his side. And he goes forth and he marks those that have been mourning the abominations that are happening in these inner rooms. And that marking is placed on their forehead, and that will be their saving. Because when the destroyers go in, they're going to spare no one. They're going to kill off everybody. They're going to purge them if they don't have the mark on their forehead. So what we have from Ezekiel and from Exodus is the marking is what saves us. If we believe in the teachings of Jesus, we believe who he is and that he was sent by the Father, we are marked. So what is the revelation mark of the beast? It seems to be setting up people for the opposite, to not want a mark. But we have to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. We need to be able to look at what they're saying and truly pick apart and understand from what direction is this coming from? Whose line is this that is being thrown out there? Whose role is it that is being played out? 
because it seems to be coming from this group that thinks they're doing the purge, but they're going to be purging themselves. It's this council again. And it's the council for the management of the end of the age. We're also told that there's going to be those that are beheaded in Revelation 20 that are going to be seeking their vengeance. And I don't think it means beheaded as in the removing the decapitation of one's head. Because the word or be is a prefix, which is indicating a verb. It's an action that's directed on an object. And it's when it's attached to head, it could be any action that is directed at that object. It's the something that happens to the head. But it doesn't say that it's a removal of the head. I think it has to do with the government. It's the mind control that is being put out there because of this. One, when it comes to religious things, it has to do with the double-folded manner of being the Bible, the to be, to. Two different meanings, two different... It's a forked tongue message sewn in. Literally sewn together. These scrolls and books were sewn together with two different stories. It's in the name. But you have to be wise as serpents to be able to walk through and understand what side is each book. And the way I approach it is I look at what did Jesus teach and everything that came from before he taught. Because he said everything that he spoke was complete. And if everybody else came after him saying they've seen him, don't believe it. Well, that's what Paul did. He said he saw him in the wilderness. Jesus said, if you see, if somebody says they saw me in the wilderness, don't believe it. Then in Acts, they say they saw him in an inner room. Jesus said, if you see, if they claim that they saw me in an inner room, don't believe it. And then you get into Revelation, which is what seems to gobble up most people's time when they're talking about the end times. But Jesus said, I've told you all these things. Matthew 24, he walks through the whole thing. There's no rapture. He even talks about after all of these tribulations, before the return of the Son of Man, we'll still be here. Don't be, don't be fooled. Don't be deceived by those that are coming saying that they've seen the Christ elsewhere. There's going to be a purge, but I don't think that purge looks like what people are thinking. Because we have these things like the rapture theory and, the, and we see things like what is in, talked about in, in Revelation 20 about those that have been beheaded for his namesake. I think it's those that have been deceived and they die. Jesus said, my people will die for lack of knowledge. There's been an action on their head that deceived them. It manipulated their thoughts and their, mind straight, or their mindset. They weren't wise as serpents. They didn't take the time to truly study and understand that there is a double forked, or a double speak, a forked tongue messaging. That that's really the, enemy, or the weapon of the enemy is this tongue. It's how they speak. But if we truly listen to what's being said and don't react 
But pause. Think about what is being said. Look at the actual meaning of the words. We won't be deceived because I think this rapture concept, this beheading, these things that are talked about in Revelation and these other doctrines of men, example, rapture is not in the Bible anywhere. So it's a doctrine. And some people came up with it. It's relatively new even, a couple hundred years. But it sets people up trying to get out of here. I think they will be beheaded. They've been deceived, so they will die. Jesus said, my people will die for lack of knowledge. And he also tells us that when we see this abomination that causes desolation, or that makes desolate, it's going to be a very vile thing. And it's going to create a, a desolate land, meaning there isn't inhabitants. There's going to be a purge. So watch out for what's taking place. Now, there's something I just want to draw your attention to. I'm not setting a date, and I don't know how this works, because there's something that is being played out, and it comes out of Revelation, and it comes out of the Pope and some of these other groups, these World Economic Forums, these councils. So just be cautious, because this might be what Jesus is referring to when he says, the abomination that causes desolation. And he refers to it back in, as spoken by the prophet Daniel. So read through Daniel. But something I want to point out, and I've mentioned it before because I heard some lady that was talking about her prophecy, and she said she was pointed back to the sign of the woman. And this was the sign of the woman. It was a celestial thing that happened in September on the 23rd in 2017. It was the sign of the woman in the sky. And if you go back, you can look it up. There's plenty of articles about it. And it refers back to this woman in Revelation chapter 12. I don't see it anywhere else. It's only here. And it refers to, after this sign, the woman will be brought into the wilderness to be nurtured for 1260 days. Now the reason it catches my attention is because if you do the, the count on it, and I've done the math on it, it's three years, so 365 times three, but you also have to add in, in 2020 was a leap year, so add one more, and then you subtract out how many days we are in this year from September 23rd, and my math on it is March 6th, three sixes. It could potentially tie to what they're talking about with the mark of the beast, which would be 666. I don't know if they have something planned, but here's something else that's really bizarre. In this time frame, so around March 6th, the Pope, I think it's the 5th through the 8th, is going to be in the Middle East. He's going to be in Iraq. Now remember, this is the ancient home of Babylon. The Pope is going to be hosting a pagan rally during this time. It would be over the same time frame as this March 6th. Do I know anything's going to happen? No but it sure looks bizarre. And which is, with as much talk about China and Russia and Iran and Israel, like trying to get the world stoked up for this war, if the Pope does something vile in the Middle East around the 6th, it could be something that kicks off the war. 
that makes desolate. If he does something to really offend the Middle Eastern cultures or the Islamic cultures, or if something happens that gets the general population disgusted or they see this vile thing, it could have a result that makes things desolate. I don't know. I'm just keeping an eye on it. So these are just some things to think about. Because there's a lot of this stuff that is doctrinal. There's the reason you have the denominations within the church. But what I ask you to do is, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, do you know what Jesus said? Or do you follow the doctrines of men? You don't have to follow what I think or what I see or what I'm talking about. But I hope that you take the time to truly pay attention to what is it that you know? Why do you know it? Or is it something you don't really know? Is just somebody told you this? Or these are accepted doctrines of Christianity? But I think it got renamed for a reason after this council created this book sewing together two separate stories, two separate scripts, and they call it scripture. Because it is, it's a stage, but if you don't really know what your role is, if you think you're a sheep but you act like a cow, are you going to fit through the narrow gate? That's what also I think what, re, what Jesus is referring to when he talks about the parable of the ten virgins. Five have oil and five don't. They all think that they're going to meet the bridegroom. But half of them don't. They think they have done what they're supposed to be doing, but they don't have the oil. They don't have the light. They don't have the, the wisdom, the understanding. And they're turned away from the supper. And again, when we look at this concept of a, the purge and who's going to be purged, is it going to be a rapture or is it going to be something that the elect, those that believe in the teachings of Jesus, who he is, the Father that sent him and the Holy Spirit that works with him, that has been sent to us to give us wisdom, not a Shekinah, not a divine feminine, not something like FEMA, divine feminine, that the MAGA movement handed the power over to the pharmakia, again, the sorcery. MAGA would be the sorcerer, a witch. But looking at this, what, who's going to be purged? Is it going to be those that believe, so they would be purged? That would mean the clean get removed. That doesn't make sense. A purge is, getting, is a cleaning. It's getting rid of the vile. It's the cattle going to be slaughtered. But it goes to the parable of the weeds. Matthew 13, read through read through all of it, but Matthew 13 specifically points out the parable of the weeds. And when he explains it, he says, the, the world is the field. And the Son of Man came and sowed good seed in the field. That would be the wheat. And wheat, from an etymology standpoint, point means to make white. 
That, is, that which is white, I should say. And the bad seed, the weeds that are growing in the field, are it's because the, the devil came at night and sowed in the weeds, the seed of the serpent. And that those will both have to grow together. He said, and they, they ask them, they, he, they ask the landowner, should we go in and pull out the weeds? He said, no, not yet. They have to grow together first because you don't want to disrupt the wheat in removing the weeds. You have to let them grow to maturity so you can pull them apart. They can be separated. But he says, first he's going to send in the reapers and they're going to come in. They're going to take out the weeds. And they're going to bundle them to be burned. And then he's going to send in and he's going to send out his angels. And they're going to go out to the four winds. He also refers to it as and they're going to gather the wheat. And they're going to go into the barn, but there's a threshing process. There's a cleansing. There's a, a purification. A threshing, again, removing the chaff from the wheat to make, it, to make it pure so it's white as snow. If first the, the reapers go in and purge the weeds, it would be the opposite of the rapture theory. Because a purge would be the cleansing. So it's cleaning out the field. It's getting rid of the weeds first so that you can harvest the wheat. Make sure that when it comes to these times that you really truly have thought through these things. I hope you know what you know because, or because you've studied, you've really thought it through, you've really done some thinking and some praying about these things. And that you haven't just heard somebody say, hey, all you got to do is say a prayer, and then at the end you're going to get purged out of here, and you're good. Because I think that's what was referred to as the beheading. When Jesus says, those that are my children will die for lack of knowledge. Because they've been beheaded, there's been an action that's been directed on their head that's fooled them, it's deceived their mind didn't remove their head from their body. It was an action on their mind. And that's why there's so much effort, I think, in politics. There's so much revolving around government. Everybody looks to the government as the authority. It's an option. And they referred back to, a lot of the churches refer back to Romans, which is, again, teaching Paul that says, you just submit to the authority. But again, government, government is just mind control. That's what it means. And those that have been really wrapped up in politics that are reading the headlines every day about what, what's happening and all these things that are supposedly coming out, well, watch what happens. Nothing. Nothing actually happens. Nobody ever takes any action against anything. It's just they're admitting their sins and the people go, yay, the sins. But nothing happens. But it keeps people fixated on it and divided as a people because they're watching politics. They're stuck in the science of mind control. And this whole thing, every, all of this art of war, if you haven't read the book, it's an interesting read. But I can summarize it in this much. It's all deception. Appear close when you're far, appear far when you're close. Appear strong when you're weak, appear weak when you're strong. That's the art of war. It's like a, a double speak. 
It's like a forked tongue message. That's the art of war. It's like to be double, double-minded. There's a, there's a mention of being double-minded, which would be the Bible. If you go through the education system and you get a dip diploma, it comes from the Greek and Latin, double-folded double state paper or double-folded manner of being. It's the first degree of the Kabbalist system, of the double-minded education system. Again, education, or to educate, just means to separate. They're separating people from the truth. They're sewing in and giving them a diploma, which is a double-folded manner of being, making them double-minded. And then they move on through the university. They create their own universe. Then they get their master's degree. Now they're a master of that universe, and they get a doctorate. Now they're a teacher. They've gone through, they're ascending through these degrees, just like the secret societies. And it's a Kabbalistic system. And now they've, got, they've even got people that didn't want their kids in public school. They're trying to get them back in public school because they pulled the old reverse psychology on them. Oh, we're going to close schools. Oh, no, no, you're not. I want my kids back in school, even though before that I didn't want them in school because I didn't agree with what they were teaching. Or the other side of this, I've heard so often, I've heard youth pastors and stuff will talk about these updates of the high percentage of students that will leave the church and they'll go to college and then they deny their faith. And they're trying to figure out how to solve the problem. Well, one, did they have a faith in the first place? What did you equip them with? And the biggest question is, why would you send them then? Why would you send them to a place where you think that there's an 80, per, 80 plus percent chance they're going to deny their faith? Why would you send your kid to a, an indoctrination camp where they're going to be deceived? For some reason, that doesn't seem to cross people's mind because they have this concept that the government, these education systems, are what make people whole. That they need a license, a degree, a diploma to be able to work. Who said so? That's the world system that we are, when we are told to be in the world, but not of the world, would mean we're here, but we don't play in all their systems and amongst their games. Their financial systems, their economic systems, their education systems, their banking systems, those aren't set up for your benefit. They're set up for their benefit. We pay them money for some reason. People don't really stop to think about this. We're paying them money to take our money. We're paying them money to separate our children from the truth. And who's doing it? It's the councils. Those that said, that Jesus said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Woe to you, lawyers, because you've created this system that you don't enter into yourself. And we're cautioned ahead of time. Don't enter into these systems. Be in this world, but don't join in with these groups. Be wise as a serpent so you don't get fooled by this 
double-minded mentality, this forked-tongued message. But be innocent as doves. Don't use their tactics. Know what they're saying. Know what they're doing. Know what's coming. But don't participate. Because there will be tribulation. We're told we're going through tribulation. What is tribulation? Tribulation is a threshing. That's what it means. Threshing is the separating of the chaff from the wheat. And then Jesus says, or it says, he will clear his threshing floor. And all the chaff will be sent into the fire to be burned. This life is threshing. The amount of threshing that we have to go through is up to us based on what we are willing to look at, how much of this we're willing to study to really be aware of, how much we know, and as a result of how much we know, it's how much we believe, and, as how much, and based on what we believe, then our actions will show that. We will show if our, our actions are our fruit. If our actions are bad, then the tree is bad. If our actions are good, then the tree is good. It's what we say and what we do. That's our fruit. You can even look at it as your children. If your children are good, that means you've done a good job raising them. You've put the time in. You've been responsible as a parent for raising your children. You haven't outsourced that to the education systems, to the youth groups. You've done it. It's the most important job that we have is we, if we have children, it's to raise them, to teach them, and give them a good example. And it's not this do as I say, not as I do. It's to live an upright life. Because if we don't, then we're just a hypocrite. And what kind of credibility does a person have? None. But it's also not to get caught up in this forked tongue messaging this and be double-minded to get caught up in all these world systems. Because what they're saying is coming. Jesus tells us and warns us as he says, I've told you beforehand, this is what's coming. Don't be deceived. And they speak to us, it's in a forked tongue message, but they tell us outright. This counsel for the Management of the end of the age, this World Economic Forum and this Great Reset, they're telling us. But you have to put it together. You have to interpret what they're saying. You have to be able to recognize that there's a double meaning behind it. It's a forked tongue message. And that you have to pick up, because it's like a relay. One will say a part of it, then they'll hand the baton to the next, and they'll finish it. And when you put it together, you realize... Their plan, this purge, is a cleansing. If you're clean, you don't get purged. If you're not clean, you're either going to get purged or there's going to be harsh threshing coming. We don't get to live mediocre lives and just get raptured out of here. That's a purge. Rapture comes from raptura. It has to do with birds. And I think it's what Jesus is telling us about, or gives us a heads up. One in Ezekiel, he says, he's going to, those that come, it's, the, it's Magog, that comes against the house of Israel. They'll, die, they'll fall on the mountains and 
their bodies, their corpses are going to be everywhere. And he's going to give them over to the vultures and the beasts to devour them. Jesus also says, and I think he's referring to this as well when he says it in Matthew 24. I had it written down right in front of my face. I think it's 28, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it right in front of me. But he says, where the corpses are, the eagles will gather. Some, per, some say eagles, some say vultures. It's the same thing. Where's the corpse? That's going to be the purge. It's those bodies. Because the eagles and vultures are scavengers. Just as he says, the, the vultures and the, and the beasts are going to be cleaning up these bodies. Ezekiel uh, 39, it also talks about the, the house of Israel will be going... First, they're going to be burning the weapons for seven years. They won't have to go into the wilderness to gather wood. But they're also going to be burying the bodies for seven months. It's a pretty big purge. Oh, it's Matthew, yeah, it is Matthew 24, 28, where he says, where the, the corpses the eagles will gather. I think that's, that's what he also he points to is this rapture idea. Rapture would be the birds, the vultures. They'll be picking at the corpse. They'll be eating those that have fallen for this idea, those that have been purged. Those that have been beheaded. Because an action has been taking on their head, on their mind. They've This is a battle of the mind. Testament, for example, Old and New Testament. It's a test of the mind. Just one, not two. There's not, a, there's not an Old Testament and a New Testament. There's the teachings of Jesus and everything that was prophesied beforehand. Testament, meant again, mind. It's a test of the mind. Don't be double-minded. You see, they, they do the same thing. Even with the Testament, they go into two. Bible, two. Get a diploma, it's two. It's always this forked tongue trying to confuse people. And those that are looking to be raptured out, I think, are going to end up as the corpses that are going to be eaten by the vultures and eagles. Ezekiel talks about the vultures, eagles, and the beasts that will be cleaning up the bodies. So I just, I just caution you when you read anything that is attributed to Paul or his disciples in Revelation. At least put it on the shelf. The doctrines of men, put it on the shelf. What did Jesus teach? Because he told us all things. He said, if anybody else comes saying that they've seen me, don't believe it. But that's all this other doctrinal stuff is based on. At least take it into consideration. I don't want people looking for a rapture and they're going to be taken out at the wrong time. She said, my people will die for lack of knowledge. Don't be purged before your time. Godspeed.